0: Welcome to Life Learnings. My name is Paul Kachansky. Today in the studio, we have a young man. His name is Brad Aiken. Brad, welcome to Life Learnings. Thank
1: you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Welcome back from an overseas adventure that you had to what country?
1: Uh, I went to Spain. Why did you go to Spain? Uh, that's a good question. Lots of people like to ask me that <laughs> question. Why well, Spain? We'll start from the beginning. Why Spain? <laughs> well... I wanted to be able to volunteer Uh um, in a country where um, I could use my talents and my skills and my abilities um, to be able to help people. Okay. So having a creative sort of personality in mind, Uh I thought the Spanish love freedom. They love expressing themselves. They love to experience life and creativity is something that's really captured nicely in their culture, I think. Mm. And that's something that I wanted to bring in whatever work I would be doing.
0: What an excellent, excellent uh, outlook. So, Brad, tell us a bit about yourself. You've recently graduated a few times from uh, some design and IT type of areas. Tell us yeah. about
1: what have you done. So I was studying at a local university in mm-hmm. IT Um, mm-hmm and then progressed more into the into the design field so okay. moving from the technical more into the the user side of things on yes. websites on mobile apps things like that and i've been able to pick up some contracts okay. um, building websites for people mm-hmm. and yeah it's been a real pleasure to be able to 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 build <laughs> websites so, so so your your creativity really is
0: is what, what you experienced mm-hmm. In your work, but you wanted to take this to a next level. Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. Wow. So um, why did you want to go volunteer? I mean, do you, you're young, you're in your 20s, mid-20s. So what makes what makes you tick? Why did you decide to take a year, was it a year off? Yeah. A year off to yeah. travel to this country to be a volunteer. We'll get to what you did in a minute. But what was the motivation behind your, your uh, adventure?
1: Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a story. So mm. 25 now, mm-hmm. and when I was 18, um, I decided that I wanted to give my life to God, mm-hmm. to Christ, in mm-hmm. baptism. Okay. And I decided when I want to be baptized, I I want to give God everything, Yep, all about me. So um, like what I would do with my life, mm-hmm. um, where I would live, mm-hmm. all of these different things. I just wanted to say, God... I put these into your hands, almost like direct my life yeah. and open the way for for me to live my life. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
0: That's a that's a pretty brave brave step.
1: Yeah. So I'd also been around that time. I'd been watching and listening to stories of um, people who are working in foreign foreign fields mm-hmm. as missionaries, mm-hmm. um, and just hearing the amazing stories about. How they lived by faith and how God provided mm. all that they needed mm. really inspired me. So, um, you know, God would give them food when they didn't have anything. Wow. Like the villagers would bring them oranges and fruit and stuff in the, for breakfast. And I just wanted to experience a faith-filled life.
0: Wow. That's very noble of you to say that, Brad, because many people want that experience but are not willing to, to actually search for that experience. Yeah. And you've gone out of your comfort zone. You've left the shores of Australia. And um, yeah, and God has opened up this opportunity. Yeah. An act of faith, I think. An act of faith. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Brad, tell us, how did it all happen? What was the timing like? Because you were, you were um, planning for this for a while.
1: Yeah. So, back when I was 18, mm. um, as I was saying. So, it took a little while for it to develop. Yes. And my first application, I sent it out when I was 18. Wow. And um, I was like, I've just finished school. Um, I've got my whole life ahead of me. Yes. Let's take some time, maybe maybe a gap year, mm-hmm. something like that, which young people love to do. Okay. So I, I sent out this application. And to a volunteer organization? Yeah. Okay. Actually in Bolivia. Okay. In South America. Okay. So I imagined I would be in the jungles <laughs> with the children. Very exotic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So I waited for maybe a month, Uh but didn't really receive any reply. Mm -hmm. Two months, three months. This was over the Christmas break. Mm -hmm. So I was just doing things and waiting for something to happen. Mm -hmm. But I thought, okay, I need a backup plan. I need something else to do. Um, So I went to college Mm -hmm. and started my studies. Mm -hmm. And um, it sort of just fell behind the scenes for a little while there. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like, although I had... Like great zeal and passion for for doing that, mm-hmm. it was sort of like God was saying, "Okay, you just need to wait for a little while mm-hmm. and actually, for me, it was like a test like the the faith that I was just talking to you about mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't just come naturally, you know yes, it has yes. to be built, yes, and it takes time <laughs> and and energy to to say, you know, I'm not going to force this,
0: yeah. But I'm going to put my energy into something useful with my life, and, exactly. and go.
1: Maybe that door hasn't opened. Yeah, wow. exactly. So, mm. yeah, it it was a testing time, a waiting time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then maybe about well, it would be six years later. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where you know I just wasn't I wasn't getting the the work that I was looking for, you know, mm. not many contracts around going. Yes. And my studies were sort of finishing up to a certain extent. Yes. And I just decided to look online. Mm. And there's a fantastic service which which I really like. Mm. Um and I looked on their website and mm. they just had listed jobs all over the world. Mm. Um some in like Russia, some in Japan mm. and Many, many places. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, well, I'm just going to read through and choose three because that's mm-hmm. what you need. Okay. So my preferences were Spain, mm-hmm. Peru, and Moscow. Okay. So you've got, like, the jungles of Peru. have got, like, <laughs> uh-huh. um, very cold weather but very um, incredible history, beautiful architecture in Russia. Yes, yes, And then Spain with their their lively, creative personalities, their freedom, their yeah. love for life. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just came to the point where I had this bit of time Mm -hmm. and I applied. Hmm. Okay. And you obviously uh, were successful in your application
0: and Spain opened up and you got everything ready. And tell us,
1: when you arrived to Spain, what were you doing there? Um, So when I first arrived, I I had an interview Mm -hmm. with my supervisor, basically. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I had met him and spoken to him. Mm -hmm. So it was an opportunity to get to know each other and also share some of the expectations of the work that I would be doing. Mm -hmm. So what was your role there? What were you doing there? So I knew that I would be teaching English to to theology students, actually, Um, because there's a college there and they have different faculties like theology, high school, primary school, music school, uh, there's a Spanish language school. And so I thought and expected that I would be teaching to theology students. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I sat down with my supervisor Mm -hmm. and he started to explain some of the expectations. Uh And he said, okay, so you've got some theology students and um, they don't really like to learn English, but (laughs) you're going to teach English to them. Uh And then we've got the primary school. Yes. And, um, You're going to be teaching them in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. And then you've got um, the professors who would love some classes. Oh, (laughs) Who would love some classes after, like at the end of the day, in the evenings. Uh And then there's the English workshop also. And then you might be able to help (laughs) out with the website as well. Oh, yes. You see, when you're a volunteer, you, you go... With um, your skills. With your skills, with everything. Mm-hmm. And you are there to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they had lots of opportunities for me to help out. Mm. Okay. So, Brad, when you arrived, you felt pretty unprepared because you had
0: a huge range of children, professors, uh, undergraduates.
1: That's right, Paul. So, so it's it's a wide range. <laughs> so what what did you do? Yeah. So it was it was a bit of a struggle sometimes. And, you know, the first time that I went into the primary classroom mm-hmm. to teach, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like um, I was up the front uh-huh. and I was teaching in English yes. and they understood Spanish. Okay, And so I just tried to be as expressive as possible so that they could see my body language, yes. my, my facial expressions, things like that to mm. try and communicate as much as possible. Mm. I didn't have a translator. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, they were just kids, so and not being not having an experience with that earlier in Australia. Yes. I I didn't know how to teach kids.
0: Mm. Did, so did you know a foreign language? Do you know how to speak it before you went? Did you know how to speak a bit of Spanish?
1: No. I d- I didn't know any Spanish. Wow. Maybe one or two words like manzana for apple. And you know, niño, niña, boy, girl, uh-huh. basic vocabulary, uh-huh. but I couldn't speak in sentences. I didn't know any of the grammar, mm. um, that kind of thing. Mm. And when you go to Spain, it's such a, um, it's such a unique country that they only want to speak Spanish there. Mm-hmm. They, they're not interested in learning or speaking English much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Why do you
0: think that is? Why do you think uh, they want to keep their national language?
1: Um, I think it's just maybe part of their culture, part of their pride. Hmm. Um, it's something that makes them unique, hmm. and I think we're going to talk about that probably a little bit hmm. later on. Okay. So you you said that you felt that you were thrown in the deep end.
0: Mm-hmm. So what did you do to help try to communicate the the English language
1: in a fun and creative way? Yeah. So we would play we would play games and we would do hands on activities. For hmm. example. Um, one day we were going to learn the vocabulary for fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, what are we going to do? What activity can we do with fruits and vegetables? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe we could do like some, some play cooking mm-hmm. with like some basic ingredients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a saucepan in the kitchen. I can borrow that and um, I can get some ingredients from the cafeteria, mm-hmm. I thought. And I went to find out if I could get these things and they said, no, sorry, we can't really help you. You need to give us a week's notice, and so I was like, "Oh, what am I going to do? It has to be fun and interesting for yes. them." Yes. And I just prayed. I said, "God, what can I use to to engage the children hmm. and to make it to make it exciting for them?" Mm-hmm. And a thought just came into my head: Why don't you go and check in that cupboard that you looked in the other day? Hmm. And yeah, I just went to look, and I found down the bottom in a box there was some plastic fruit hmm. and plastic vegetables. Wow, just what you needed. Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> what I needed, and wow. so we were able to we were able to like have an imaginary cooking session with them. Wow, and, and they, how did the kids respond? Yeah, they loved it. They loved <laughs> stirring the pot, and uh, they 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 loved. All of that sort of stuff And they go crazy sometimes Wow So how did that
0: strengthen your faith To know that after you prayed God gave you this thought To check in his cupboard To get what you needed What happened?
1: You know, actually In my mind I I had a a Bible verse That I was claiming Mm -hmm. Because God gives us promises Mm. And I wanted to claim that promise Mm -hmm. Again by faith (laughs) What was that promise? Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it's um, Be anxious for nothing But in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Wow. And I said, okay, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. I'm just going to relax and say, God, thank you for this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity that I have to teach children. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just asked him and said, God, what can I use? Mm. And that's a great example, Brad, of
0: claiming a promise, God giving you the peace that he promises and giving the ideas and the solution where it's like, wow, what do I do here? But God had a way. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. You have other stories where you had um working with children and playing soccer and and learning and and how did sport play a play a role in
1: your in your day to day teaching? Yeah, as you know, the Spanish they absolutely love soccer. They do. So they would be like, Brad, who's your favorite soccer team? Barcelona <laughs> or Madrid? <laughs> And well, I didn't have a clue to be honest, uh-huh. so I was just like, uh, Barcelona. <laughs> and they're like, ah oh, no, Brad, not Barcelona. So, um, yeah, in all our conversation, in all their games, mm-hmm. it would always be soccer, soccer, soccer. Mm. And um, there were times when, you know, different kids would relate to differently to the activities that we we did some Mm -hmm. some really loved playing sports Mm -hmm. and being like um, really hands-on and um, playing in the playground and yeah getting into that sort of thing and others were more sort of artistic and creative Mm -hmm. so one of the activities that the kids loved to do was Mm -hmm. to have me in the goal Mm -hmm. so me as goalkeeper and then they would kick soccer balls at the goalie. Uh, so you were you, you were um, being uh,
0: in the focus and yeah. they're like attacking you with all yeah. those balls.
1: Yeah. So I had to try and catch them all. Sometimes sometimes they would do one at a time. Uh-huh. It was a little bit more concentration and focus. Uh-huh. And other times it was like just stuff going everywhere and my arms <laughs> are waving. Good fun. How old are these kids? So they're five and six. Oh, five wow. and six
0: years. old. Are- so you had the whole class to, to look after. Um, with English classes, um, yep. tell us about uh, some stories that stand out. With, uh, I mean, having having five and six year olds, that's that's an amazing amazing age. They're they're learning, they're experiencing. Um, tell us about a specific uh, individual in
1: your class that uh, that really stands out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, one one kid was Daniel, mm-hmm. and he actually was a really creative kid, mm-hmm. and. You know, we would do activities like colouring in sometimes or different craft, Mm -hmm. um, making things, Mm -hmm. and he would be colouring away just like everybody else. And the thing that made his work stand out was like his artwork was incredible. Mm. Like I would walk over to his desk Mm -hmm. and, you know, these amazing designs um, on, like, for example, maybe we were colouring clothes or something, learning clothing vocabulary, Mm-hmm. And, like, it would be so good. Mm-hmm. And he just really stood out with that skill. Wow. And, um, yeah, I guess that's something that really impressed me, that different kids have different abilities. Mm. And some were good at, like, hands-on activities, like um, working with plants. One day we did some some planting, some, some hair, mm-hmm. and we tried to decorate it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... Other days we did we actually did some cooking we mm. made some some anzac biscuits oh, nice. to show them <laughs> some Australian recipes yes um so yeah lots of different people had different abilities and Daniel um he really had this one and mm. i remember nice. a story about about him when we were playing musical chairs mm-hmm. and You know, all the kids are running around the chairs and it gets down to the last round and it's Mm -hmm. just Daniel and this girl. Mm -hmm. And um, he was so excited and so animated and all his friends Mm -hmm. over on the side are cheering, Mm -hmm. going, go, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And then the music stops and then they run for the chairs. Mm -hmm. But he didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And he was so sad. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And he just became, became so despondent. Hmm. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? Daniel, you're such a happy guy before.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, you're doing all this amazing artwork and you're so happy and living in the moment. And now he's crying and like walking outside. Hmm. It's like, w- what can I do to to help him? And so I just went out and tried to talk to him. It's hard to talk because... It's in a different language, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there were times when I would just have to to put my arm around his shoulder and just you know, just say, it's okay, everything's going to be right. Mm-hmm. You lost the game, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was with children. Tell us
0: about what was it like teaching adults, some of these professors and some of these undergraduates, what was it like teaching them English?
1: Yeah. Um teaching adults was equally as hard mm. um but in a different way I guess because when you teach children mm-hmm. their minds are so elastic mm-hmm. that they can absorb things so quickly and so easily mm-hmm. and they just adapt and practice and yeah, repeat exactly uh-huh with adults it's different in that they need to understand mm-hmm. with with logic with structure with things like grammar mm-hmm. This is how adults learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of this class was about um, teaching them some of those some of those high level um, ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And there was one girl, Catherine. Catherine, she loved so much to talk, mm-hmm. and she just wanted to talk. She just wanted to do it in English or Spanish. In English. Oh wow! Yeah, and she would just try. She would try so hard mm. and we would be talking about a weekend. Yeah, I went to the beach with my dog and, mm-hmm. you know, I would be correcting her as she went. Mm-hmm. But she would struggle with, with some of the, the grammar that we would learn. Mm-hmm. You know, she would do an exam and maybe she would get to the end of the exam and feel so happy. Mm-hmm. But when she got it back, her grade was so low and she was so so angry and so sad and mm, frustrated, mm, mm. and so I had to figure out how am I gonna, how am I gonna help her to learn in a happy way, mm. and so it was about catering for different needs, different mm. types of people, mm-hmm. um, and that's something which. Yeah, which I tried to do as much as possible. Mm.
0: I'm speaking today with Brad Aiken, who has recently returned from an overseas adventure in Spain and sharing some of his experiences teaching English and his other skills as a volunteer. Brad, tell us what were some of the methods that you used to bring English language in a fun way to your class? You mentioned um, before about Bible verses or other, other creative methods. How did you... How did you bring English to them in, a, in an interesting way?
1: Yeah. So, so part of it is just conversation mm-hmm. because um, they can see in your actions, in your hand language, mm-hmm. um, what's going on. Um, for example, if we're learning animal vocabulary, mm-hmm. you might use your ears to, to demonstrate a donkey with like your ears flapping above your head mm-hmm. or maybe you distinguish it from a bull for instance, mm-hmm. with, like, more pointed fingers, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So a bit of it was just me being silly up the front mm-hmm. and them having a laugh, mm-hmm. and we had lots of fun games like that. Mm, great. Um, yeah, there were other techniques as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, these are theology students, so they would love to to learn about Bible verses in mm-hmm. English. Okay. So, um we would get them to choose their favorite texts and share it in class. Mm-hmm. Um, we would get them to do some translating, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm. Tell us,
0: Brad, the spiritual differences that you noticed between um, the English language and the Spanish language.
1: Yeah, that's a good question um, because when you study the Bible mm. um, in different languages, it sort of highlights different, different facets of light, or different, different ideas expressed in different ways. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, I think of Psalm twenty-three mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. in English: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Psalm twenty-three, verse one. Mm-hmm. But in Spanish, it's "El Señor es mi pastor, nada me faltará," which is is actually a little bit different when you translate it literally. It's the Lord is my shepherd. Nothing will I lack. Mm. To me, that that is like almost like a promise. Mm. It's like the English is, is more about my emotions. I shall not want. I, I mm. do not want anything. Mm-hmm. But the Spanish is like I can live in freedom because mm. God has promised nothing will I lack. Mm. And like different examples like that where... The expression highlights different facets of truth. Mm. To me, that was such an amazing thing to experience.
0: Mm. So, Brad, when you were travelling around Spain, did you get to experience a bit of their
1: spiritual culture? Did you attend church services? What was it like there? Yeah, so I actually went to the church mm-hmm. um, because it was very close, mm-hmm. and um, you notice you notice that different cultures have different strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So you start to understand that, okay, Australians tend to be, um, I guess, in in everyday life, even like in their daily living, they tend to be very clean, very tidy, very organized, very Mm time-oriented. And when you go to the Spanish church, you start to see that um, they're more about expressing their love Mm. for God, for others and um, and you could you could really see you could really see that as
0: as an emphasis in their worship style. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow, that's that's interesting. Um Brad, can you expand a bit more about the the contrasting and comparing the two cultures of Australian culture and Spanish culture?
1: Yeah. So, for instance, in the dormitory where I was living, okay. Um I was living with lots of different cultures actually. Mm-hmm. Um Spanish, Mexicans, um, Swedish, Germans, Australians, mm. uh, many different cultures. Mm. But between the two of Spanish and Australian, mm-hmm. um, like my room would be tidy and clean and organized. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I guess that was a message of, of the culture that I had. Yes. And the Spanish, while it would be more, maybe sometimes a little bit more disorganized, um you know, they would have a lot more friends in the room and they would always spend time together even up into the late hours of the night talking and uh-huh. um sharing experiences with each other.
0: So they're very much into community. Yeah, exactly. So Brad, obviously as a as an English language teacher, you had lots of struggles to depend on God and to um really test God. What were some of the lessons that you learned during your time in Spain?
1: Well when you're working in a country where mm-hmm. they don't speak your language, mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to to manage like their expectations because they could communicate something to you, mm-hmm. and you don't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so things would happen around me where I didn't understand, mm-hmm. and like I struggled so much mm-hmm. to try and make people happy as a volunteer and to do my job well. Mm-hmm. And you know the stories that I've told you, where students would be crying and going through emotional struggles. You know that really affected me too, and mm. I didn't know sometimes how to how to be able to cope mm-hmm. with with the culture shock and the culture mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. And I actually met a friend, um, a very a very good friend, and he explained to me that. One of the best ways to deal with it is like to learn to relax. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the Spanish culture, of course. So I'm learning something here mm. about the Spanish. And he told me that God wants us to to come just as we are and to bring all our struggles mm-hmm. and to confide in him. And he wants, to, he wants to be like a Spanish friend to us, mm-hmm. like our best friend, a, a gran amigo. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
0: that's a different picture of God, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Because when you go to Spain, you you start to see how the people relate differently mm-hmm. to Australians. You see that they they embrace each other so mm-hmm. much, like they hug and mm-hmm. they just share exactly what's on their heart. They don't hide anything. Mm-hmm. They just tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I learned to do with God. Like in every if ever I was struggling with something mm. in whatever emotion that I was in, I learned to be able to to just come to God and say, "God, I need a big hug right now, I need mm. you to help me mm. just just to tell him exactly what was on my mind
0: mm-hmm. and I guess when you're there in another culture, another country um, away from your normal pattern of life, to be able to go through that experience to say, "You know I need to rely on God." I need to to really trust him to help me understand to bring people into my life. Did you find that 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 was an answer to prayer?
1: yeah, very much so mm. um, yeah, to be able to go to a country and then to learn like spiritual lessons from a person of another culture was very valuable to me mm. because i was I was hoping for an experience that would change my life, and I mm. think that's what I got
0: wow. And and I guess many people that interacted with you, um, their life was enriched as well by your experiences and the picture of God that you brought from your background, from your understanding, reading the Bible, from your um life until that point. And then you learn from from their culture, from their experience, from their background, and it's like another as you said, another another picture of God yeah. as as a what do you say? A gran amigo. Yeah. And yeah. Um, how did that help brighten and, and expand your horizon?
1: I think for me, it was about learning that um, my view is not always right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is right, but mm-hmm. it's not always the only view. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, to me, before I left to go to Spain, mm-hmm. I imagined God as this high and mighty and awesome being. Mm-hmm. and who is holy and who is majesty and who is amazing. Which is all true. Which is true, yeah, yeah, which is true. But when I took that to Spain, it was a little bit of maybe maybe clash is not the right word, but, you know, it was so different. It was like, wow, mm. God God actually wants to be my friend. He wants to, to be in a relationship with me in the mm. deepest sense possible. Mm-hmm you know and i started reading things in the bible that i'd never never even experienced before about god mm. and you know different different books for instance like the song of songs for instance god talks about how he wants to to love us like where are his lover mm, mm. and yeah it really opened my eyes um and and in that sense it broadened my horizon like mm. it really broadened my idea of god
0: mm. So Brad, you're saying that that um, what I'm hearing you saying is that the experience that God brought you to was one that opened up your understanding of God in a really personal way. You said that there's a key Spanish phrase that really stood out to you.
1: Yeah, there's there's a phrase that they love to say. Mm-hmm. What's that? Every Everywhere. <laughs> they say tranquilo, which means just relax, mm-hmm. just be calm. Mm-hmm. They have other ones like no pasa nada, no hay problema, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all dif- different ways of saying, Brad, you need to calm down, you need to relax, <laughs> you need to live in the moment. Uh-huh. And that was a, a lesson for you. Yeah, very much so. Living in the moment um, and not worrying about the future, mm-hmm. You know, not worrying about uh, what am I going to do with this student, how am I going to make them happy, um, what activities have I got to prepare and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things I've got to do them, yes, but I can't do everything at once, mm. you know, and I just have to do one thing at a time, just trusting in God mm. and letting Him help me work everything out. And that's a good lesson for us all, Brad, because many of us have
0: a long to-do list mm-hmm. or a or a very stressful situation, and the Bible says by by beholding we become changed by looking to Jesus, yeah. his life and example would change us. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And and I guess you experienced part of that from your friends and from your associates there to say, you know, just relax and, and let God
1: lead. Is that, yeah. is that what you experienced? Yeah, very much so. I remember there was, there was one time, like probably two-thirds of the way through the experience when it was getting so busy mm-hmm. and I was doing exactly what you said, just writing lists and lists, of all the things that I had to do, mm-hmm. and you know, it just got to the point where it was so overwhelming. Mm, it can be, yeah. And so, how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, that that's around the time that I met this friend, and I was I was actually praying to God mm. for to to be able to meet somebody who would be able to help me to be able to deal with with these problems mm. properly. Mm. And yeah, that's when he introduced me to this friend who. Who taught me so many things to help me?
0: And and God does bring people in our lives, Brad. I, I do believe that because God knows our hearts, God knows our thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And and He wants us to bear each other's burdens. And I guess yeah. your friend helped you through that time of of just stress and and yeah. huge workload. Exactly. To say, you know what, Brad? God's saying, I care for you like yeah. a like a big friend. And your father in heaven, and I'm going to help you with this. Yeah, And that's a big lesson for us all, I guess, to be able to cast our burdens onto Jesus Christ, to mm. tell him what's happening and let God sort things out.
1: Yeah. And I quickly discovered, actually, that he was a volunteer too, and mm. he had lots of problems of his own, mm-hmm. you know, um, lots of different problems. And, and we need to share them with each other and mm-hmm. to pray for each other and to be able to bring them all to Jesus mm. and to help each other.
0: Yeah, that's a good thought, Brad. And, um, I mean, you experienced different emotions. How did you
1: feel um, that God was experiencing that with you? Well, part of that was about um, recognizing that Jesus experienced those different emotions mm. at different points in his life. Mm-hmm. So if ever Jesus was angry, I you know, I could think of times when, Jesus was frustrated by the people in the temple selling things when they shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a story in the Bible about that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, at this point, you are angry. So how should I deal with this? Mm-hmm. And what's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the perfect example. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But look, I guess, I guess we all we all learn from different stories in the Bible and also to know that that our experience... Is not unknown to God God knows our joys Our sorrows Our cares, our frustrations And uh, God wants us to share that with him
1: Yeah, exactly No matter what what situation we're Mm. in God wants to know exactly what's going on
0: Mm. How did you find Did your prayer life um, skyrocket (laughs) When you're going through these stresses Or did you say, you know what It's too hard to pray even What (laughs) was that
1: like? Um for me, it, it was funny So, because I had my lists. I was going through the list, checking off a list. I also had a prayer list, mm. and that list itself became a bit of a burden to me. It sounds mm. funny, but, like, I, I had this massive list of all these things that I was praying about, and, you know, it just came to the point where I was like, okay, put the list aside and just focus on what you're experiencing now and just mm. talk to God like he's a friend. Yes,
0: Mm. That's wonderful, Brad, because, you know, so many of us um, are burdened with life and God is the answer. Yeah. We have to remind each other that God is the answer and say, you know, pray. Tell exactly. it to God yeah. and he'll bring a friend, he'll organize a situation. Maybe not our timing, maybe not in, in the way we expect it, yeah. but often far better than we expect it. Um, abundantly above more that we can even ask or even think. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's good that that you experienced that. And I guess being in another culture, Brad, away from your um, family, associates, friends, uh, things that you know, you're really out there to say, God, I'm in the deep end here. I need help. Yeah, very much so. Brad, look. Thanks for sharing your uh, your spiritual journey, and maybe we've got a lot to learn from other cultures and the way they view God. But let's move away from your time in Spain. You had the opportunity of meeting somebody, and then travelling a bit through Europe. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us how how did you um, finish your time in Spain, and then you moved to another country. How did that How did that travel go?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, in this college, mm-hmm. there are people from all over Europe. So mm-hmm. there are Germans and Swedes and. Um, Portuguese and Mm. many different people. Mm -hmm. So you make friends with people Mm -hmm. and eventually that creates opportunities to go and visit them Mm -hmm. in their homes Mm -hmm. and to um, experience some of their own culture as well. Wow. And one of the guys in the dorms was from Sweden. Okay. And um, he spoke English, Swedish, and he was actually excellent at Spanish. He learned very quickly Mm. in a period of, well, it was the first semester or trimester which was about 10 weeks mm-hmm. he learned very quickly 10 mm-hmm. weeks to pick up all that spanish wow and so he was finished and he was gone back home mm-hmm. by christmas and so at christmas time we started to make plans to go and visit him mm. and we made it all the way up to sweden this is with my one of my other friends a mm-hmm. uh, spanish friend um and we went to his house and we were able to explore some of Sweden as well.
0: Wow. And that was an unexpected, uh, I guess, addition. Yeah. You, you didn't plan that when you were in Australia? No, of course not. Of yeah. course not. And, and I guess that those opportunities are priceless where, where you have friendships and then that opens up other experiences to be able to travel and to, to experience life in, a, in another country.
1: Yeah, and for for him, mm. it was a, it was a special experience actually mm-hmm. because, you know, in Sweden, um, people there aren't spiritual, mm-hmm. so to have someone there who could encourage him in his journey mm-hmm. was really important for him.
2: Mm.
1: For instance, you know, we would be traveling on the train,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, my friends that I was traveling with. Mm-hmm. He sat down next to a girl and just started talking to her about, oh, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. You know, casual conversation. And she asked him, oh, so what are you doing? What do you do with your life? Mm-hmm. And he said, ah, oh, I'm studying to to be a pastor. I'm studying theology. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, what? How, <laughs> how could you do such a thing? Uh-huh. It was like so so incredibly bizarre to her. Like religion is so, so wrong, so mm. bad for society. Mm. And, you know, to to see that this sort of mindset is like spread through the entire, maybe not the entire culture, but like so much of the mm. culture, mm. Um, you know, I could understand how how this Swedish guy was really struggling in his spiritual experience mm. and maybe... Needed that encouragement, that support, that friendship mm. to keep going. Mm. And so, when we were at his house, we yep. were able to, you know, share share our favorite Bible passages and talk about them mm. with each other. And we were able to pray together.
0: Mm. And remember that story that you shared before, Brad, uh, yeah. where you had a friend yeah. while you were in Spain, exactly. And that friendship really strengthened you to go through those trials that you were having at the at that yeah. time. To then be able to serve and to help your other friend, yeah,
1: while he was going through the same struggles, exactly. So mm. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cycle, a learning process that we go through. Um, you know, if mm. we if we give our hearts to God and say, God, just take my heart, and that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give you everything, God, and. Then he starts to change you and you can start to change others. Mm. And, yeah, it's like a domino effect. Mm. This is the power of the gospel. It is. God. It it is. It is.
0: And, you know, there are many people that are, I guess, observing from the fringes, you know, do I want to give God everything? Mm. And then you've done that in a a 12-month window, say, where you've really given God your life. Mm Mm-hmm. To serve other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And has God enriched your life by that experience? Yeah, so enriched. Like monetarily, not that enriched. But, <laughs> but you've had rich <laughs> but experiences. In terms of the experience of mm. learning um, from different cultures. Definitely. From learning from different people, from making new friendships with, you know, people that you never would have imagined that you could have had mm-hmm. friendships with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a special gift that, that God has given to me in my in my travel. Mm-hmm. So would
0: you say that now that you've had that experience as a volunteer overseas, would you recommend that for other young people, or perhaps not so young, to take a year off or two and to go to another country and serve, or even within Australia or New Zealand or wherever, to serve in their community as a volunteer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like from the, from the very outset, I've, I was wanting to do things to help. And, you know, as I was doing things, maybe like clean up Australia Day or mm. even with my, my local church, just helping out with like setting things up. Mm. You know, that was such a blessing for me. Definitely. And, you know, I was going through learning processes during that time mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But when you go to another country like it really just changes your whole worldview, your whole, your whole perspective on life. Yes. And it's much more dramatic. Mm. And so I'd really encourage anybody who's, who's considering volunteering mm. to, to give it a go, of course. Mm. But, you know, if the opportunity is there, to go overseas, wow! That, that will really change your life.
0: It adds another dimension to yeah. to our experience, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that experience and you had that uh, that um, blessing of God to be able to do that. Mm. And I'm sure that there are many many people that learnt from your um, from your life, from your teaching, from your not only your professional life and what you did there, but also from who you were as a person. And uh, that's something that that Christ can work through, Um, having a connection with Jesus Christ and then bringing that to somebody else. Yeah. So you're saying that there are organizations that do this um, within Australia. And who did you go with, Brad? Who who did you um, organize this trip with?
1: So for me, um, there's an organization in my church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a volunteer service. Okay. um, And they have a website. Mm -hmm. And I literally just looked on the website and... Mm -hmm. Looks for what interested me. Mm. Um, there are many different organizations all around Australia, all around the world. Mm. And I'm sure they're more than willing to accept volunteers.
0: Yeah. And I guess, would you say, if you want to give your life to God in service, he'll take that life and bless it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, if you want to give give your life in service, that's not mm. something you need to apply for. You don't mm. need to look online. You don't need to ask around. <laughs> yeah, You just pray to God like he's mm. your friend mm. and just say, God, I want to give you everything mm. because I want to trust you. And I think you have it all together. And I think you you know the beginning to the end. He does. He does.
0: Mm. And, you know, Brad, many, many young people um, are wondering Wondering what what do I do with my life? Um, where do I go? What what career do I follow? Um, what part of Australia or New Zealand do I live in? And I guess taking a year away from the norm, yeah, away from the struggles of everyday life, to be put into a new culture, new experience, where you we have to rely on God a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because everything is new. Yeah. And then God is real. Yeah. And oftentimes those lessons that you learn follow you for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've done some volunteering in Thailand and other places. And the lessons that you learn while being away from your culture, away from what you know, mm-hmm. just enrich, you, enrich your life in, yeah. in amazing ways. So, Brad, I want to thank you for sharing your personal story with us today. No, it's a pleasure. It's it's been a very insightful discussion to to see a young man who loves God, who wanted to make a difference in the world. And uh, Brad, I just wish you God's blessing as you continue to live with the experience of your time in Spain and time for for travel and (laughs) and uh, I know that God will continue to use you and many other people that have gone before you. To show to show God in a real way. Yeah. Thank you, Brad, for joining us today on Life Learnings. Thank you, Paul. It's been a pleasure. So I wish you God's blessing, Brad, as you serve our best friend. And how do you say that in Spanish? Our gran amigo. Our gran amigo. Well, God bless you, and tune in next time for another Life Learnings on 3ABN Radio Network. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.
3: If you have questions or comments about any of the programs you've heard, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 024973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code six one two. 49733456 our email address is radio at 3abnstra.org.au au. is radio at the number three abN Australia all one word dot our postal address is 3abn Australia Inc po box 752 Morissette, New south Wales 2264. Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support.
0: heard Eastwood music, Into the Woods, and Henry Higgins' I Will Sing of Jesus' Love. Next, Steve Darmody, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. My
4: faith looks up to